The idea of this podcast is simple, discipleship. We want to bring the gospel message about how to interact with your coworkers, your culture, your friends, everyone around you in a biblical way, which is, in essence, discipleship. What did Jesus do when he came to this earth? He took the devil's stuff. The Bible actually teaches that the world is becoming increasingly covered with the knowledge of the glory of God. That should change everything in the mind of a Christian. Instead of thinking about all the ways society is failing, we should think about all the ways society must be, as Psalm 1101 tells us, put underneath the feet of Jesus in victory. The Rebel Alliance Podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the Rebel Podcast. This is actually a special episode because it's not P. Nate and Pootie in Garage Mahal. This is actually the furthest we've ever recorded away from Garage Mahal. This is in the Van Brimmer's recording closet. Studio VB, as we have called it. Sorry. We're in Studio VB right now. So we have uh, Grant and Erica Van Brimmer. Hello. Hello. And we have my lovely wife, Colleen. Hello. <laughs> and, we're, and we're hanging out in New York City. So here we are at Fort Hamilton. And in case anybody is wondering, uh, the, the, um, it's, it's protection level Bravo. What's that called again? Uh, force protection force level. protection level bravo yeah so force protection can so don't worry guys the fort is in good shape the yeah. closet is secure <laughs> no serious secure. threat no serious threat at this moment so honestly so colleen and i are on vacation and it adds like a new exciting element to the vacation that we you need military clearance to be where we are like it adds a cool element does it not <laughs> big time yeah there's firearms in the other room beside there's beside uh, the bed there's military uh there's military garb in the closet with us. I mean, this is pretty, pretty legit. Yeah. I look at Grant in a whole new way. Yeah. <laughs> it's because of the hopefully shotgun. all good. Yeah, it's, all, it's all good. It's all good. So anyway, the Van Brimmers have been uh, incredibly hospitable to us. We've had a great time. We're here. Uh, our baby's sleeping in the other room and we're doing some recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. This has been fun. You yeah. guys coming in to visit. Well, thank you for having us. Um, I, I don't want any listener who's listening to think, oh, the Van Brimmers will have us. Like, Colleen and I are very special to the Van Brimmers. <laughs> I don't think you can just come. But... Not just anyone can make it into the closet. <laughs> yeah. <And> it... <laughs> well played. Well played. And it wasn't easy to get them on the post. They're very picky. Yep. And so it took yep. some little convincing. It's but... true. It's true. So here we are. Uh, we're at Shea Van Brimmer in Studio VB <laughs> at Fort Hamilton in Brooklyn, New York recording right yeah yeah all right so we're gonna do a quick uh, rebel episode and we're gonna do straight rebel news and Ooh. uh and i it, it's fun for me because normally pootie hits me up with uh <laughs> with rebel news and i get to kind of like put you guys on the spot for now so there's some interesting stuff so we're learning all about american culture while we're here which is fun um and uh and quite honestly like new york is very similar to canada in just how progressive and liberal yeah. mm-hmm. it is like it's right. a pretty dark um area and so i have a i have a news story that's come out of um come out of canada that i'd love your uh expertise what your thoughts are all right so there is uh, there's a there's a man in uh in are you British... sure about this <laughs> great question grant great question yeah I, yeah I see your antenna's already going here so there's a man in bc 
Um, so British Columbia is uh, mm-hmm. the westernmost point of Canada. It's by far the most liberal part of Canada as well, I should uh, start with. So um, there's this man in British Columbia who identifies as a trans woman. Okay. No surgery, no hormone therapy. He just dresses like a he just dresses like yeah. a woman, and he currently has sixteen human rights complaints launched against individuals in the uh, cosmetic field. So all of these sixteen individuals that he has human rights violations uh, filed against are um, wa- work at waxing parlors salons what's what, what, probably what? both work yeah yeah so places of waxing <laughs> where he has gone in and he's requested so this man who identifies as a woman with no surgery nothing mm-hmm. is essentially asking for brazilian waxes on his male genitalia mm-hmm. and he has had 16 women in uh, waxing parlors refuse service. Mm-hmm. And they've, re- they've refused service based on, um, of the 16, there's three, there were three uh, reasons for their refusal. One for religious sensibilities, one for hmm. safety, and the other for personal preference. So all 16 women, uh, all 16 were women, and there are human rights uh, complaints lodged against them. So he's suing not only the parlor or salon so what's interesting is that the the courts in british columbia have pushed this to the human rights tribunal so they won't hear it as a civil case they're Mm -hmm. pushing it to the human rights tribunal and he has won there and both the parlor and um 10 of the 16 individuals now owe him out-of-court settlements go (laughs) my gosh this is crazy isn't it well good on good on the ones who Claimed religious yeah. uh, sensibilities, sensibilities yeah. in a super liberal area of Canada. Yeah. First of all, that's, I mean, good on them and encourage them to continue to stand up because there probably aren't many of them over Absolutely there. Absolutely true. Which would be here in New York, too. And then the second one, it said for safety. For safety. Yeah, so I, would I wonder like to know what that looks like. I wonder if they were thinking we're being targeted by this guy who maybe isn't trying to look very much like a girl, but kind of. Or if they right. felt and trapped, so that, like there yeah. was some type of threat. Right. I, I think that's, so that's the impression I got as I read this article. I won't read the whole thing, um, but this is on the National Post. So you can go and read the article. And it's it's a National Post article by Rex Murphy yeah. called uh, BC Growing Waxing Case is a Mockery of Human Rights. It's a, it's a great wow. article. I would, I would encourage people to go on and read it. So I won't go through the whole article, but as mm-hmm. I read it, that's, the, that's what I got mm-hmm. is that these women felt – um, essentially like this was predatory in nature. Like mm-hmm. he was coming in for yeah. the purpose of, of, right. of being touched, being fondled, whatever it is, yeah. um, under the guise of, uh, trans rights. Yeah. And it reminds me of the bathroom law stuff right? where women are like, I'm scared. Like I don't, it, it's a, it's a person who seems unstable to me. I don't want to be doing intimate things in, in proximity. close proximity yeah. of this person. I mean, at least they have hot wax. That right. <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> put it on their eyes. <laughs> yeah, but then he's yeah. probably sue for something else. That's right. so yeah. true. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and th- so the other thought I just had is that there's 16 of these. Yeah. So obviously he was trying to prove a point. Yes. Which means that they are they are at war. Yep. Right. They're not just yeah. uh, trying to live their lives peaceably. Right. They are at war, so we need to be aware of that. But also that. 
That means that there are 16 parlors that rejected him in the most liberal area point. of Canada. That's a lot. And to not say, oh, so it's not liberal, it certainly is, but to say, hey, Christians over in BC um, and even in New York where we're like, stand up. There are probably more that agree with mm-hmm. you than you right. think, even though liberal media wants to say, this um, is what everybody thinks. Yeah, this right. is the majority. Right. Yeah, this is the majority. Don't you see all the flags flying? Mm-hmm. Right. You're the minority. Well, you might not be. We, you know, um, we hear a lot of scared. people. Yeah, and we hear a lot of people say courage begets courage. So um, be encouraged Yep. Uh, that 16 parlors in the most liberal part of Canada yeah. rejected this guy and said, yeah, I ain't touching you. Yeah. Well, that it, it's a good point, and I think um, the fact that there's 16, I think, does yeah. show that there's. Uh, this was, uh, I think, it looks at least it looks. I don't want to. I don't want to make any accusations, but it looks premeditated. It looks like you said mm-hmm. he's trying to prove mm-hmm. a point. He's yeah. doing his thing, and so I think a couple things. Number one, like when the bathroom laws came out, and people kind of said, "Well, it's you know how homophobic or transphobic mm-hmm. of you to think that." You know, these people who are just fighting for equal rights are going to be predatory in nature or take advantage of this situation. But what we're seeing is that predators are predators, right? They're going to use every advantage they have. They're going to look for every opportunity they have. And whether or not you're Christian and whether or not you – where you fall on this uh, particular issue – I think you have to, like, if you actually say you care about people and their rights, I mean, you have to understand that whatever laws you make, bad people get to use them too, Mm -hmm. right? Like these laws, and as obviously as Christians, we would say there's no one good, no, not one. But um, like for even the most progressive liberal, I would say you have to think about these laws and how they can be used because we do know Mm -hmm. that there are Mm -hmm. sexual predators out there. Like, so it's, it's just, it's interesting to see the blowback from like, what's what's done in the name of love and equality Mm -hmm. right is and is 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 being used by people to take advantage so it's like we're trying not to oppress the trans community Mm -hmm. and by doing so we're allowing some people to come in with these new laws that we've made and oppress people yeah and at the same time this dude is a hypocrite by suing them saying exactly you need to adopt my view right uh, you you aren't allowed to have yours. Right. I'm going to sue you now. And it's funny that they kicked it to the other, you said, to the Human, Human Rights, Rights Tribunal, Tribunal rather yeah. than the courts. Maybe they knew it would win there rather than the courts, that's possibly, what it, or something. Again, that's what Rex mm. Murphy, who wrote the article, that's what he seemed to suggest. That That's yeah. kind of the thrust of his article. It's speculation, but that's what he said. Is like, Which is sad, too. It, like, we want to make sure they win. So right. let's kick it to this one. Right, because there's Good not grief. actually a legal case here, but yeah. there is maybe a human yeah. rights case, which is, which, is, which is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if any of those women that were, he was trying to force the service. Uh-huh. On, um, I wonder if any of them were like feminist and just thought, I don't want to be forced or paid to have to do and touch things I don't want to touch. Right. Well, and this is the the yeah, like I would love to I would love to see some of those women start um, posting about this. I, I mean, they're probably under gag order while while everything's yeah. in court, but yeah. it'd be great to see some social media posts with the hashtag Me Too here because <laughs> yeah. like what we as Christians often want to see is we want to see these the clash of these worldviews, right? Mm-hmm. We want to see, and, we, and we've said for a long time on both of our podcasts in the yeah. Rebel Alliance Media, we talk about the cognitive dissonance of like, mm-hmm. well, it either. Uh, 
femininity and being a woman is something that's special and unique and obviously yeah. complementarians and egalitarians would have different views on what that looks like but either it's special and it should be protected which is what a lot of feminists say is at the at the very yeah. base of feminism or anyone can be one yeah. right it can't be it can't be both these yeah. things yeah. and i've often said like what a great time it is to be a man right now. Like we're dominating women. I'm sorry, Colleen and Erica, but like, have you seen the world, uh, world records for female weightlifting? Yeah. Men hold all of them, yeah. all the sprints now, all of the relays. Yeah. Bruce Jenner, female of the year to 2018. Yeah. <laughs> like we're dominating. I, sorry, bad time to be a woman. Yeah. Like, and this is what transgenderism has done to feminism. And mm-hmm. so I think as Christians, like we, we ought to applaud this. Like this is, this yeah. is cracks in the, in the foundation. This right. is worldviews coming apart because it's not built on a solid foundation. This is built on sand. It's going to fall as soon as yep. the storms come. And we're seeing exactly. now that those storms come in all of these various ways. Yep. So gross yeah. rebel news. Yeah, that was a little tough to stomach. <laughs> a little t- All right. So, uh, you go for we, it. We You're very maybe- good on your uh, toes. Very good on your toes there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe uh, maybe this is um, – maybe we edit this out. Um, but up, Dave? The other thing too is that if, if he really just cared about getting a Brazilian wax, I'm sure he could YouTube it and do it at home. Right. Right, like, or get it, a buddy to do it. Like, yeah, there's. I don't yeah, say a buddy, there's, but you know, maybe they, hey, maybe they refuse too. Maybe they said I ain't doing that. <laughs> but like, oh, but like boy. some like yeah, like a, personal stuff like that. If you're like, crap, I don't have the money for it, right. or or whatever, and you for really all the just that you want want that money, for. you just do it at home. Uh, you just do it at home, right? Or. Yep. I, like I said, it's good cut out. This but is like, why we edit our podcast. Yeah. But it's I'm fun to talk it. about. Dave, leave it all. Just, <laughs> but like, just take out the comments to Dave. <laughs> right. he he's just trying to make a point. Right. Yeah, but like yeah. girls who like, I really want to dye my hair. I can't pay 80 bucks to go get it dyed. Right. They, I'm going to buy do. the kit and go home and dye my hair. Right. Or whatever. Right. I'm going to make sure I don't leave it on too long. Or Like you figure out how to do <laughs> it, right? True. And then you get, so obviously he went to 16 shops Right. To prove a point. To, to prove, prove a point. point. Yeah. It wasn't, right. he really just needed a Brazilian right. wax. So then let's. <laughs> really wanted one. <laughs> so let's flip this because obviously this is, um, this is an agenda. This is, there's a, there's a play happening here. Mm-hmm. And I think what Christians need yeah. to, need to like, okay, so here, I'll, I'll throw you guys out on the spot. I'll, I'll put you guys on the spot even more. So I've often kind of jokingly said, you've probably heard me say it on the podcast mm-hmm. a few times, like, I want like the Christian high school, I want five, five like athletic boys to say, hey, we're women and just like go mm-hmm. and dominate yeah. in the, in the like W, I was going to say WNBA, but like, <laughs> you know, like the high school female basketball yeah, circuit or whatever. Like, what, so as Christians, do we need to be above reproach in our strategy when we're making plays or should we take like pages out of the out of the rule book of the progressives who have been winning the culture wars like wh- where do you find yes, wh- yes what go for it should. i think they should Pick your mic <laughs> i think they should um take a page out of their own book all right so what do you mean by that like so you think christians should be taking lessons here and saying like we should be more aggressive in our in our culture war. Yeah. And then at the end, just be like, okay, I don't really care, but like right. explain why they're doing it and then right. back out or whatever. Okay. Dominate it and then say, <laughs> by the way, by the way, 
this is like silly, da 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 da. Right. Because mm-hmm. somebody might quote Romans and say, well, you're supposed to be living peaceably or as as peaceful as you can be, which is kind of what Paul says. I think it's Romans 13 or 14. And, but because uh, our culture touts tolerance or respect, then we go, mm-hmm. okay, then respect this. And you kind of make them eat their own words right. in mm-hmm. a sense to show them, like you, you say, like the, the reductio. Yeah, the yeah. absurdity. Get them of, to swallow the re- reductio. Right. That's the, and so you're phrase, like, right. And so, like you said, like it, it would be great if five guys were like, hey, let's all identify as women. And then we'll form the basketball team thing and right. then just dominate. Make them say no to us, right? right. Like, like that's yeah. – Yeah, and and I, I do agree. I think like we need to be careful not to sin in mm-hmm. how we go about doing yeah. it, of course. But I think Christians should push the envelope a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of – and I like that phrase, like make them swallow the reductio. Right. And I often say when I'm in, in conversations with some of my um, non-Christian and, and particularly progressive liberal friends – I'll say, like, do you really want to live in this world? And I'll mm-hmm. just kind of push it to the – I think um, Greg Kokel has a book called Tactics where yeah. he talks about take the roof off the argument, right? Like take them to the logical conclusion mm-hmm. of their okay. argument, right? That's good. And, uh, and so he talks about it in terms of – so, for example, for abortion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what, are, what are some of the reasons why a woman should be able to abort their child? And, and you go through the whole thing and he, he describes a conversation he had with a woman who is um, saying, well, what about in cases of rape? You know, should she should she have to raise that child who's going to remind her of, you know, that horrible, you know, that horrible event in her life? And he's like, okay, I'm just going to I'm just going to see if she's willing to live in that world. Okay, well, what if what if a woman decides to keep the child and Mm -hmm. then, you know, at the age of two, the child just starts like the blonde hair, the blue eyes. It starts to like remind her of her attacker, remind her of that event. Then does she have the right to take the life of that child? Well, no, of course not. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this isn't actually about the trauma of the event. As bad as it was, that's not what it's about. It's about whether or not this is life, Mm -hmm. right? So you take them to the logical end of their, Mm -hmm. like take them to the end of their argument and show them how absurd it is. Yeah. And do you actually want to live in this world? And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think a lot of people, and I'll go back to your point, Grant, and you said this at some point today when we were walking around Mm -hmm. New York and and, uh, having a grand old time, you were talking about, um, you know, there's probably a whole lot more people who have issue with the progressive agenda, yeah. but there's this group think thing that takes over and sort of people in the, in the politeness of, well, I don't want to tell them how to live, but do you really want to live in this world? Do you want to live in the world that the progressives are creating where, mm-hmm. you know, we, we joked about, we were in a thrift store today and, and Grant said, uh, like, excuse me, ma'am, to a, to a, a lady <laughs> who was maybe in her fifties. And she was like, ma'am, ma'am. Yeah. And I'm like, is she offended because you assumed her gender (laughs) or because man makes her sound old? (laughs) But like, like, do we really want to live in that world? And I know like, you know, as much as I disagree with much of what like Steve Crowder does on louder with Crowder, he goes to the mall and he does that, like where he won't assume anybody's gender. And so Mm -hmm. like he opens the door and somebody's like, Oh, thank you. And he's like, you're welcome, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said, sir. Like, how would you like to be identified? And the guy's like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, I'm I'm not supposed to ever like (laughs) nobody actually wants to live in this world. And yet nobody, Nobody's willing to speak up against it. And I think like look 20 years in the future. Is that a world that you actually want to live in? Do you want to live in a world where a man can walk into a waxing parlor and say, yo, like wax my junk? No, nobody wants to live in that world. Right. Exactly. So, all right, let's switch gears here. 
How many of you in this room read the book, Closet. I Kissed Dating? Oh, sorry. How many of you in this, cl- in, in, this in Studio VB? <laughs> in Studio VB. In this closet of Studio VB. Studio VB. Um, how many of you read the book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye? What? I assumed My everybody sister would have. Did. My Aww. sister did. I didn't either. I mean, I, how about was... Dug Down Deep? Yes. No. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. All right, this, is very, this is very underwhelming rebel news. <laughs> How many of you know the name Joshua Harris? Ding, yeah. ding, yes. ding, ding, right, ding, ding, ding. But I know he wrote that book. Yeah, so Joshua Harris wrote the book, I Crished Dating, dating Goodbye. Wow, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Yeah. And um, and basically it was about, I read it when I was in, in uh, youth group. I okay. feel like everybody had to in my youth group anyway. <laughs> it's yeah. about don't date court women, right? Like right. That was the whole yeah. premise, right? Yeah. Christians date differently. And uh, so Joshua Harris wrote that book. Now, for anybody who's listening who doesn't know that name, Joshua Harris was a guy who was discipled by C.J. Mahaney Mm -hmm. and took over Covenant Life Church, which is a um, sovereign grace church and uh, big church, kind of their flagship church. So Joshua Harris wrote that book. And what's interesting is about a year ago, he went on tour. Now, I don't like this is this is subjective, but I would say like. Since since there's been the political divide in the U.S. Mm-hmm. over Trump, I, I feel like Joshua Harris has has been more liberal recently than he ever has been. And he went on a uh, – I have no other way of saying it other than an apology tour. <laughs> he went on a tour huh. apologizing for the book I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Really? Kind of distanced himself from his whole concept and um, and basically was saying like – you know, I think Christians should date. I think, you know, we're being too weird about stuff and blah, blah, blah. And it was really baffling to anybody who read the book and was helped by it, like me. Like, I was actually really helped by the, yeah. the mm-hmm. premise that, like, Christians should do. You know, you and I were talking, Grant, earlier about how the Word of God needs to apply to all of life, right? right. And as a teenager, I was like, oh, like, the Word of God doesn't apply to my dating mm-hmm. life other than don't have sex before marriage. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Joshua Harris taught me, no, Christians date differently. So anyway, mm-hmm. Joshua Harris went on this big apology tour saying, I wish I never wrote the book. So he, about two weeks ago, um, he uh, posted on Instagram that he's getting divorced from his wife. So the the Instagram post says, uh, we're writing to share the news that we are separating and we'll continue to our life together as friends. In recent years, some significant changes have taken place in both of us. It is with sincere love for one another and understanding of our unique story as a couple that we are moving forward with this decision. We hope to create a generous and supportive future for each other and for our three amazing children in the years ahead. Thank you for understanding and for respecting our privacy during this difficult time. I want to say there's also 3,000 likes on this. And notice right now that Graham Van Bremer has actually <laughs> yes. commented on the Instagram post. What's I didn't actually comment? know that. What's the yeah, comment? What All right, the so comment? Graham... <laughs> Should we be uh, get scared? Old, get old Instagram. No, no. Uh, GrantVB1510 um, says... <laughs> The whole statement is devoid of any mention of God and what his word says about this. And that's because his word condemns what you're doing. You mention you're doing out of what you're doing out of love for one another. Well, what about loving God with what you do? Or is this you walking away from the faith as well? Wow. Does anybody like his comment? Uh, five likes, but oh. more hates. That's not an actual button on Instagram, yeah, okay. but there's some people Comments? who did not. Yeah, people did not. Uh, like, go, I like I like this. Yeah, yeah good, good job, you. Grant. I like this like I said, guy's, my sister read good. that book, and I'm like that. And at that time, I thought, oh, that is good. And I remember uh, in Bible college thinking, like, 
okay, dating, courting, whatever you want to call it, but Christians do it differently. Right. And so I would have said, oh yeah, it's probably a good, good concept. And I've been helped by C.J. Mahaney in the past, Big read time. his book, Cross, Humility. Cross-Centered Life was huge for um, me. Yeah. Humility is good, too. Yeah, Path his, to his, uh, his sermon on the holiness of God is really popular. Um, and so Joshua Harris being discipled by him, you're like, oh, yeah, good. And he's kind of that Reformed continuationist uh, yep. group. Sovereign Grace churches were good. We have some good friends mm-hmm. that became Reformed at a Sovereign Grace uh, church. And so that was good. And then seeing that, I was just like, oh, and then... <laughs> And there's, so there's one comment response to you that I thought was particularly interesting. That is, heaven forbid someone get freedom. <gasps> yeah. That was the response. Wow. Like, like heaven forbid and like interesting choice of words, right. right? Like heaven forbid someone get freedom. Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid someone get some freedom. And isn't it interesting that like that's that's what's viewed as freedom. Like right. freedom from a relationship that I don't want to be a part of anymore. Like he's he's literally looking at this and saying like how dare you speak mm-hmm. against him as he's getting freedom. Well, like, it his comments ridiculous anyway because they're like we're gonna still be friends forever. Right. You go line and by whatever. line. What in free- that it doesn't seem like they're really that mad at each other or anything. Yeah. It seems like both of them out of love for if you love each other yeah. so much then stay together. It is with yeah. sincere love for one another yeah. and an understanding of our unique story. I hate that language. Like I hate. I, know, when, right? I hate how vague people get when they're trying to avoid saying like, you know. We're getting divorced. We're, yeah. Like we're are sinning. You, like we are yeah. breaking apart our family. And like how horribly sad it is that they even mention their three amazing kids who I don't care how amicable this is. I don't right. care how much sincere love has motivated this mm-hmm. or like your definition of sincere love mm-hmm. has yeah. motivated this. Um, this is not good for your kids. No. Yeah. Like your kids will, yep. this, this will hurt them. Yeah. Like, li- like just matter of fact, matter of fact. And how confusing for a child, like mom and dad love each other so much, but we're not going to be together anymore. Yeah. That's not even a rational idea. So before we, before we jump into like, uh, because I don't want this to just be like, let's just tear Joshua right. Harris apart. But like, so first of all, he he says right at the end, thank you for uh, understanding and respecting our privacy during a difficult time. So I want to address like, we're <laughs> going to talk about this on the podcast and we are probably going to be um, insulting or, or some people will think we're being insulting. So let me just address that. First of all, when you've written public books and you are a pastor, a yeah. pastor's um, ministry is public. Like that's just the way it is. Yeah. And as much as you can be private about certain things and you can even shelter your kids and shelter your family from some of the like glass glass house or Mm -hmm. bubble that you live in and you should in some ways protect your family from from that completely you don't actually get to live your life in private that's just a part of part of the job as a minister you just don't get to especially when you when you've written public books that have been out there in the christian community in that way you actually don't get to then ask for privacy when something that you've written about and espoused for so long Mm -hmm. you just completely um, jump away from it. And so when your ministry is public, I think that your lifestyle also is public. And that doesn't mean people need to know every minute detail of your life. Like mm-hmm. we shouldn't look at Christian quote unquote celebrities. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we shouldn't be having like the us weekly magazine, you right. know, that they have for celebrities yeah. and like, Hey, what's going on in John Piper's life these days. Yeah. But that said, like when a pastor sins, his sin doesn't get to be private. Mm-hmm. And that's true for any Christian. Yeah. But that's especially true for pastors and ministry. So, so that's why we're talking about it because I don't think that that's true. I don't think you can you can have a public ministry and then private sin. 
Well, doesn't scripture say, like, what's done in darkness will be brought to the light? Well, yeah. And that's, that's, yeah. Especially if you're tweeting about it. Like, you're kind of <laughs> you're kind of doing it to yourself a little right. bit. Right. That's what I was going to say. Is that if you don't want to talk about it, then don't tweet it. Yeah. Good start. Yeah. Yeah. You don't post a picture telling everyone what's happening and then go, uh, but I want privacy. Yeah. Right. And, don't. And, and a tweet that's full of such theological error, mm-hmm. like, out of sincere love, like, according to whose definition, Joshua Harris, like... Yeah. According to whose definition yeah. is this love sincere? Yeah. Because God is love and God hates divorce, right? That, that's just... yeah. Well, and the greatest love is laying your life down for someone else. So what part of like being selfish and liberating yourself is genuine love or whatever right. word he used? Totally. Sincere love. Sincere love. Yeah. yeah. Let's kick this around a little bit. So first of all, the writing was on the wall. And I think this is one of the things that I would encourage uh, Christians to do is like, you should you should start worrying a little bit when some of your Christian heroes begin to do odd things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And like it's sad that there would be so many people who might condemn this, who were close to him, who weren't asking questions when he started his apology tour circa 2018, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that should have been that should that should have been on people's radar pretty quickly. And I don't know, like maybe it was, but I just think. You know, and, you know, I think about guys like Andy Stanley and stuff who've kind of gone off the rails recently. Like, should we not have been asking these questions before, before he was uh, unhitching from the Old Testament? Mm -hmm. He was just talking about things like, um, you know, I remember when he talked about how um, every pastor should understand business because the church is first and foremost a business. (laughs) I'm like, yeah right where we're, where we're, where was our concern then? And so I just think like as, as Christians, especially in a culture where there are these celebrity pastors, there are these people who are so influential in the Christian community, we need to start holding each other accountable long before it gets to this point, right? Like you think of guys like Rob Bell, they write Love Wins and then it's like, okay, well now yeah. he's a heretic. Well, no, there's a, probably a whole lot in Velvet Elvis that we probably should have been right. questioning on mm-hmm. a lot earlier. So I just love some thoughts on like, what does what does it look like? Like, first of all, this I think that Christian celebrity pastor culture is is dangerous in and of itself but like how how should we be thinking through stuff like this and and trying to watch for the warning signs i think christian discipleship is very much uh not practiced as much as it ought to be in the church and if christians are more intentional about discipleship those problems in the marriages or the doctrinal hiccups that are happening like will be corrected and long like you said before the divorce happens, there'll be someone who comes alongside of this couple and says, hey, we see this thing happening in your marriage. What's going on? And maybe they can get counsel and someone will correct them with biblical truth before it gets to the point where they throw up their hands and say, we're done. But Christian community sometimes is lacking in churches. I think one of the things that then needs to happen at a really kind of practical level, church by church, is we need to create a culture in our churches where it's okay to be corrected, mm-hmm. right? Right. I think that's one of the things. Yeah. Like I think about, um, you know, I even think about our church when when you get there and somebody says something, you know, whether it's uh, you know, there's plenty of churches where the worship pastor or the worship leader or somebody leading worship will say a word or whatever. And I think about like I remember early on, Colleen can uh, can laugh at this or just smile in the corner over there uh, when, when I say this. Like when a worship leader would say something early on in the life of our church at Crossroads, 
And, um, and I would have to go and have a conversation with them afterwards, but like knowing deep down, probably what should have happened was I publicly address what they said or what Mm -hmm. they prayed. Um, but there wasn't a culture that had been created yet where that was okay, where Mm -hmm. I knew if I got up and publicly, um, corrected them, that would have been like, they would have melted on the spot into like the wicked witch of the West, like puddle who just got like (laughs) splashed with water because we hadn't created a culture yet where it was okay to be corrected. Where yeah. we actually, and like Proverbs tells us that like we should love correction, right? Like those, mm-hmm. those who are actually belong to Christ actually love correction. Um, and so that needs to be cultivated first and foremost so that because right now the only thing that Christian, Christian communities are often good at is, is rejecting somebody who's kind of gone off the rails completely, but they're not mm-hmm. good at, um, rebuking the warning signs along the way because they haven't created that culture where it's okay to be corrected. And that doesn't mean you're horrible. It just means that you were corrected like we all need to be. Yeah. And our, our problem as a church is that when a pastor like writes a book that does well, and so he's getting notoriety outside the church, maybe the church now is growing because people are seeing his book in the local uh, Christian bookstore or something. Yeah. And we get caught up in our culture of loving celebrities and loving followers and loving whatever. I knew him even before he was. Yeah. Right. That now whoever's on that elder board or however that church may be run, um, (laughs) it won't, won't check him. Right. So as soon as, so maybe something goes off the rails and like, well, we can't, we can't confront him now. He might get Mm -hmm. upset or might, He's our he's our golden ticket to being a mega church, and he's our ticket to. I mean, mm-hmm. look at all this growth. Look at what's been happening since he wrote that book, and and being a voice to the greater you know the greater world of Christendom or evangelicalism or whatever you want to call it. It has happened the whole uh, history of the church. There's yeah. always been those certain big names. We think of Augustine or Luther, yeah. Calvin, yeah. Uh, whatever. And so that's good. That's good that God uses people to speak to broader audiences. But it's that church level where we need to not uh, be like the culture and be obsessed with popularity. Right. And um, or think that because someone sold a bunch of books that they're infallible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. look at yeah, Moses. Exactly. Like even Moses wasn't allowed to enter the promised land because of his sin. And he wrote five books in the Bible. So, that's right. Yeah. 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 Big deal. Yeah. And yeah. and I think, you know, like you were talking about, like, when should we have checked their theology or confronted them or kind of held them accountable? There's always usually a group of people that probably should have checked them way before right. um, mm-hmm. we ever realized they were in error, you know, and we talked a lot about Mark Triscoll and how all of us used to be real big fans of Mark Triscoll. And they, that was one of the problems was that mm-hmm. Mars yeah. Hill blew up and then nobody checked him nobody right. nobody were like right. well we can't like he's got to keep teaching he's got to keep writing books he's got to keep he's this going he's the guy he's right. the guy yeah. why would we you know and so they just kind of rolled with rolled with it but then it you know it hurt yeah. so in the end question then how many of us have someone who could come to them and say hey Great you're question. you're being a mark driscoll you knock yeah. it off this is sin. i have you but <laughs> that's true <laughs> But then you could look at the Joshua Harris and say maybe his wife was trying to correct him and that's what caused their divorce. I don't know that that's true, but I'm right. just saying mm-hmm. at some point that might really cause some issues. Maybe beside your spouse, there should be someone. Totally. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I think there should be. Absolutely. Yeah. You were talking, Erica, about um, uh, a particular female friend of yours who will remain nameless who... <laughs> 
Um, but she knows who she is. <laughs> who, who like, you know, even just Instagram posts, you guys will talk yeah. to each other about like, hey, that post was this or hey, like maybe you should think about this or maybe mm-hmm. don't talk to your husband that way. I think every Christian, so we're not just talking to the Joshua Harris's of the world. Somebody yeah. might be sitting yeah. there listening to this like, well, I haven't written any books, so there you go. But um, I think every Christian needs to have people in their life who you do life with them even when they say, hey, you shouldn't talk to your spouse that way. Like, hey, you shouldn't talk to your mm-hmm. kids that way, yeah. right? Like, hey, you were really yelling at, you know, uh, your, Grant, you were really <laughs> yelling at poor Eddie there the other day. And, right. Uh, it would know. be Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> poor Eddie. Good pick, good pick. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so, like, we all need that person in our life who who says the hard things to us. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and invite like, it. And that's love exactly that. right. Like actually love that. Yeah. Don't push that person out of your yeah. life. Invite more of that. The more people you surround yourself with who who know that you welcome that. And like and mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, the people in my life who who do that, like I think of guys like Jude who have said hard things to me and mm-hmm. I've said hard things to him, where we do have those moments where it's just like, man screw you I'll, I'll call you in a couple I'll call you in a couple days when I've worked through this and then you do call back and you're like you know what you I think right. it's harder for pastors though I think you're right like I think right? like it's a lo- it can be a lonely yeah, spot sure. yeah I mean, so you it, say that you yeah. know like I think it could have been harder for someone to broach him saying you know you're in the wrong here maybe his wife did maybe his wife didn't right but it's definitely different being a pastor, especially a pastor in the spotlight like yeah. he was. Yeah. Right. It, so I think what Erica said is a very valid point, but I don't know. It, it does. Well, make it, it is harder. And I think that's one of the mm-hmm. things I think every church member needs to have a proper view of their pastor. Right. right. There is there yeah. is a uniqueness to the calling. I'm, I'm putting that in there as a plug. Listen to the next <laughs> Awakening Reformation podcast. <laughs> we talk about calling. Um, but uh, it is a unique calling. But pastors are not infallible pastors are not mm-hmm. uh, like extra human we don't sin less um and uh and i think you know pastors number one need to be humble enough to recognize that they need to surround themselves with the same people who will call them out and then that's okay mm-hmm. right and we've swapped some stories to the van Bremers this week about just church background just getting to know each other and like yeah like pastors and churches can be tough Right, you're mm-hmm. doing life in close proximity with sinners, right? Like, I don't know. Did you guys, did you guys ever read that book it's by Dave Harvey called "When Sinners Say I Do"? No, I've heard of it though. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I recommend it to every. I do it with uh, with couples that I do premarriage counseling with, and it's like the premise is like God is calling you to do life in the most intimate, close knit way mm-hmm. with another sinner. Like yeah. how. What a recipe for disaster, except <laughs> right. what a by, mess that'll be. <laughs> yeah, except by the grace of God. And that's true for every church, right? He's calling you to do life, messy, sin-filled life with a whole lot of other sinners. Mm-hmm. And like until we get that, like until we actually grasp that we are all sinners saved by grace and there's messiness and we all have scuffed up knees and elbows, but we all come to this, you know, we all come to the Lord's table together, recognizing mm-hmm. that we've been mm-hmm. declared righteous, not made righteous, but declared righteous. So whether you're the pastor or the guy flipping the slides in the back, you need to have people around you that you're accountable to who you share your mess with. And I think you're right, Colleen. I think it is harder for pastors. And in some ways, that's because as soon as a pastor falls, it's like their livelihood is wrapped up in this, right? right? Yeah, like, exactly. I, like I could very easily feel and like this hitting close to home because like, um, you know, I think I've shared some of the story of like my family and my upbringing and you know, as soon as a pastor falls, there's a feeling like if I share this with anybody, 
then I lose my livelihood, mm-hmm. my yeah. family. I can't put bread on the table. Like that's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. And so that's that's a and warning. And it makes for- other people's perception. Yeah, kind of. Well, no, like kind of shake. Like, oh, you're stumbling. So then, like, what you've taught us, like, that's ooh. right. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. And so, and this goes back to what John Calvin said. Um, you know, God could have sent angels to minister mm-hmm. to us and, and teach us God's word, but instead he sent a, a sinful man mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. teach you his truths yeah. in order to humble you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and John Calvin was, I mean, I think he was a really humble guy and he, he would say, God sent you an inferior to teach you his truths in order to humble you. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. need to, you need to be submitted to an, an inferior. Wow. And, and I think there's a lot to that, like the recognition that, Hey, my pastor's not perfect. Um, he's a sinner and what I can, I can recognize that God uses sinful people to teach truth to me and his sinfulness doesn't negate. Now, and I don't want anybody to listen to this and say like, Hey, it's okay for a pastor to be living in like unkind <laughs> right. sin or brutal sin. Right. There, are, there are sins that disqualify from ministry. There are yeah. sins that should take you out of the pulpit for a extended period of time. Um, like, but what I'm saying is that your pastor's sinfulness does not taint every single thing that he's taught you if it's been right. from God's word. Right. 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 Yeah. That's, well, do you think, important. question, do you think that maybe it's a lack of theology too that brings a person, a Christian to a place where they look at their pastor and think he should be mm. outstanding and almost right. sinless? Like if you right. understand like total depravity, that shouldn't right. be a surprise that your pastor sins. Is depraved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah there I, are some, I absolutely agree. I, I totally yeah. believe that. There are some that will legit be like, oh, the the pastor you wore that today, you need to be dressed better than that pastor. Like if you're yeah. going to be representing us. Colleen's laughing because I get that all the time. <laughs> and uh, But this happens in the South uh, of America a lot. Like, where if you want to pay me a little extra, I'll go buy some clothes. But they'll, you know, but it's, <laughs> the pastor is, is, you know, if we want to attract people and show them how awesome our church is, Pastor, you need to have a better suit yeah, than that. You, you need to have, teeth, buddy? <laughs> yeah, you need a better car, you know. And uh, and usually this is in the prosperity yeah, gospel yeah, yeah. kind of right. uh, yeah. realm. Yeah. yeah, but 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 yeah. Sometimes the people have an ungodly, unbiblical expectation, yeah. um, and it may not be wealth or you know material yeah, things. Right. But it might be whatever. Yeah, it might be yeah. behavioral where he needs to be like this or. And Paul called himself the chief of sinners. So. Yeah. Right. So if a pastor gets up and this is the thing, like if it pastors, you should um, actually, I don't know what you guys think about this. So maybe this, maybe you'd say, no, no, no. no. <laughs> um, but like I, I um, talk about their own sin. Yeah. I think, I think when pastors talk about their own sin from the pulpit, I think it's powerful. I think, I think pastors ought to be able to say, Hey, this is something that I s- struggle with or have struggled with. And this is how I overcame it. Or, like there are many times, specific, like specifically, when an application point is about humility, I'll be I'll be quick to say like you need to you need to pray for me in this particular area right, mm-hmm. because yeah, Grant's like yeah, Nate needs you that. need to be like, humble a little bit more. Than Hopefully, that. people are praying for Nate on that particular. Uh, That's fun. Yeah, but uh, but I, I think that pastors ought to be open about their own sinfulness yeah. from the pulpit and. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, so then they're not surprised when they right. So yeah. then you're not you're not surprised when I when I when you see it. And mm-hmm. like I, I remember, I remember one time I was preaching and I I said, um, hey, like 
I'm sinful and I'm going to hurt you. Like at some point, if you <laughs> stay here and you're part of this church and you're going to come to me for advice at some difficult point in your life, I might, I might hurt you and how, and I'm not attentive enough or I don't say the right thing or I'm not, I don't cry with you when you cry or whatever the case may be. And, and, I, and I'm going to hurt you there. But um, I'm always going to, you know, strive to tell you what the Bible says. And I remember one person coming up to me afterwards and saying, like, you know, basically, like, thank you for saying that because you have hurt me. <laughs> it was great. It was That's great hilarious. to hear you. Right. And it was funny. and it was basically just me not being attentive enough when they were going through something. And I think I said, I, I think I gave them some biblical advice and I stand by the biblical advice that I gave them. <laughs> but, but I think they thought like they were expecting me to be more yeah. emotional, yeah. right? I uh -huh. thought that they thought that I would be Do more. Do they know you? Right. Like, yeah. Not call me emotional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pray for me in my, in my marriage that he I need more emotions. Yeah, 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 I need more emotions. But, um, so anyway, I say that just to say, like, I think pastors need to be able to be open about their own yeah. shortcomings. And I think that that needs to be okay for a congregation to hear without being like, oh man, right. our pastor's like. Well, I, I would, the only thing I would add to that is, is that while at the same time, um, not using the pulpit as a confession booth. Totally. hundred percent. Yeah. Yes, and not, totally, I would totally agree with that. And, and not, um, making it about them, making it about yeah. them. Very yeah. good point where it's like, guys, I, I really, I don't, I don't know how to get out of this kind of idea oh, wow. or, no, no. or a sense <laughs> of it. Yeah. And I know that's not what yeah, you're yeah. saying, but, um, but there are some who do that. There are some who think, Oh, I need to connect. I need to be authentic. Right. And they admit stuff or start confessing stuff. And you're like, what in the world are you doing from the pulpit? Or confessing right. sins of like their wife or their kids. Yeah, that too. That's or or confessing yeah. super bad stuff like 15 years ago. Well, when I was in high school, I did it with like, ew, dude, you're weird. Or, <laughs> you know, or something. It's like, why did you even, is that <laughs> really relate or not? <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to be authentic. And be like, no, that didn't, that yeah. didn't land didn't well. Authentic is one of those like buzzwords, right? Yeah. We're all trying to, that didn't yeah. land well at all. Yeah, like, just, was, just wear tattered jeans, just, man, if you want to connect with people. <laughs> I'd rather you just read scripture. Just untuck your button up, bro. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, so that's the only yeah, thing yeah. I'd no, I would is, totally agree. And I think there's, that there's a line you can cross. Right. Basically. Well, and I remember my uh, the guy who mentored me, Mike Wilkins, he always <laughs> said, like, when you give any personal an anecdote from the mm -hmm. pulpit, um, it's like it's like adding sugar to a meal. Right. So your your job as a pastor is to feed the people, feed mm -hmm. the sheep. Yeah. And you ought to be feeding them from God's word. And that's where they're getting their nourishment. Now, when you add a personal anecdote or you say something like, hey, like hey, this is a this is actually a personal uh, an area of personal struggle for me. And this yeah. is what I've done to overcome this particular thing or this is how I combat mm -hmm. it or whatever. He's like, that's like adding dessert or that's like adding sugar to the meal. He's like, people can't live off sugar. So don't don't try to yeah, give them a steady point. diet of that's sugar. Mm -hmm. But every once in a while, hey, like like a piece of pie at the end of a good meal is, is, is nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish we had pie now. Yeah, we had delicious cheesecake the other There's day. There's more. Yeah, so like, I did is see there? that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I have ice cream in the freezer. Too. Hey, listen, we want to praise hey, yeah, the we... rights real quick. Totally side anecdote. We ate leftovers and they were like, we got it. They heated it up and put it all together. We sat at our kitchen bar and they served us. It was fantastic. Yeah. 
But out anyway. of their out of their fridge. Yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah. yeah thanks for thinking so highly of us, but we were rummaging hey, your felt, fridge to do it. It yeah. was great. It was great. But yeah. the cats were attacking Colleen, and she just persevered. Yeah. Can't handle I mean, the cats. The war, and the, and the fact zone. that Colleen still loves the Van Brimmers even after uh, the fact that they have cats. I think that's that and speaks, making me do this speaks highly. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and and putting up a mic in front of you. Okay, you know what? Um, so last little last little thing okay. of. Uh, and this is going to be super, super quick. I was going to, I was going to give you something. So here's something to think about. Maybe we can do a Rebel News episode or, or maybe a joint episode on this later. I was thinking yeah. about, um, I, so you sent, you showed me a picture of, mm-hmm. uh, um, Eddie is away right now. He's with his, uh, grandparent or his, uh, grandma. Yep. And he was reading a Hulk comic book. Yeah. And it, it, it warmed my heart a little <laughs> bit because I'm, I'm a big comic book guy. But I, I thought like, I was going to ask you guys what you thought about how woke Marvel is getting these days. So, so I don't know if you guys know this, but there are individual movies coming up with like female Thor. No way. Female Thor. Yep. That's interesting. A black Captain America. Okay. Okay. Right. Captain Marvel uh, recently again. That's a male character in the comic books in the Marvel canon, made, okay. made into a female for the movie. Yeah. Um, and then like there was the Black Panther incident <laughs> yeah. of twenty eighteen. We'll just call it that. Yeah. Um, and so there's this this like woke uh, points that each Marvel movie is trying to up one another on. So okay. anyway, I was going to talk about that. Let that percolate. I'm not even going to ask you about that. So just think about that. Maybe maybe you can uh, chat with Eddie about uh, woke Marvel universe okay. and uh, how how much better old school comics are than the new school woke stuff. But yeah. last thought, I'm going to read you a text message. So for those of you who don't know, we're in the Van Brimmer's uh, closet right now because we're visiting uh, them in New York. Our baby, our youngest, is in the other room sleeping, and we left our two others at home. And there's there's a whole thankful for family who takes care of them. I want to read you a text message from um, the rebel who's not here. So Pootie sends me this text message earlier today. I just want to get your thoughts on it, guys. <laughs> okay. So obviously this happened. This is Pootie's This is words of Pootie. Heather, that's Pootie's wife, and Quinn, which is our oldest. Heather and Quinn went out to get decorations for their uh, play birthday party. Judah and I were in the house. Obviously, he deuced the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> Both legs, his man parts, his cheeks looked <laughs> were completely covered. It was a show. I cleaned him and he's fine, but I will never be the same again. <laughs> so I want you guys to give some advice to Pootie, who had a moment with Judah that an uncle, uncle and nephew bonding... Um... <laughs> so, okay, well, as parents of three... I just and maybe you guys resonate as well. I just want to say, been there, done that, <laughs> several times. <laughs> totally. Seriously. And and I want to give props to Pooty because yeah, I, I think you. in the text he not only dealt with it but was able to to laugh. Laugh about. I mean it, he, yeah. that text is hilarious. <laughs> um, but practically, um, he said that he threw him in the shower. Yeah, he did to yeah, just definitely. rinse it off. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, that's a, right? that's a good move. That's, that's a good that's move. Like, that's like uh, that's parenting yeah. intuition. Yeah, that's yeah, totally the best place. Like, don't. I wonder if he cleaned the tub. Did you ask him? I mean, just keep it running. <laughs> just keep it. Take him out. Keep it running for <laughs> really like ten, water. fifteen minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Super really hot water. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, but a novice Spray it with the cleaner. A novice might use up a whole baby wipe pack just thinking, yeah. how do I clean yeah. this thing up? And those things are cheap, but not when you buy them. 
<laughs> with as as often as we do. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I, I want to give him props. Yeah. And just let him know, hey, we've been there, done that. Many when Judah times. gets married, that will make an awesome speech. Yeah. That and like, you'll never be the same again, but that's, that's okay. It's like, okay. Some things are <laughs> hey, worth experiencing. They change you forever. Him and Judah are just that much <laughs> closer. Yep. I actually said to him, Something. I said to him, like, you bonded with him in a way that Sam, Sam never, never will. will. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking the same thing. So yeah, there you that's go. Good so stuff. Uncle Pootie was a hero today uh, and uh, we should all raise a glass to Uncle Pootie. Who he was. Uh, took one for the team. Uh, here, we'll clink this in the. That's for you. Um, that's for, for you, you Uncle Poots, who uh, who who dealt with something and will never be the same and again. And we're so over here. Yeah, we're we're here enjoying, just laughing about enjoying it. <laughs> Studio VB. So there you go. Pretty. I haven't done that in three days. Yeah, seriously. All right. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for doing Rebel News with us, guys. Uh, this was awesome. It and, was. Uh, and hey, we're gonna keep enjoying our New York vacation with the VBs. So we'll see you next week. Thanks for being with us, guys.